Hello and welcome to bonus episode 32 of the Book Wars pod. Uh, so yeah, today's, today's a good news, bad news situation. The good news is we're recording. Bad news is we're not talking Shadowfall yet, but it's going to happen. It's for a good reason. I'm no, sorry. it's, I it's think for that the counts. very legitimate reason of Rana wanted to actually read the first one before reading the second one, which is a very admirable and noble endeavor. I'm a pretty low bar here, but I mean, thank it, you. I, I mean, have you met us? So it's more responsible than anything else we do on this podcast. So I'll first take time it. In my life, getting that adjective. Thank you. You're welcome. We, I mean, we barely read the books when we're actually talking about them, and you want to like get background knowledge. So <laughs> I need to know shit. Okay. You need to know the sadness that Alexander Freed is about to bring into your life. That's what Wikipedia and. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, what's the no, Wikipedia, Wikipedia can't convey the sadness. Wikipedia, Wikipedia can't convey the sadness I about Alexander that. And I think if I were just listening to the pod, then I would go and I would read. But like, if I'm supposed to talk shit, then it's like, come, like I hate looking. I often look dumb. And so I really hate when I like, I know when it's happening. I want to prevent that. So I will Respect. still look dumb for many other reasons, including actual dumbness, but maybe not from not having read the source material. What a fucking mood. Thanks. We love it. We love to see it. So Very we will adapt. be back next week with our first episode on Shadowfall. Promise it's going to happen. But in the meantime, because we love our listeners so much and want to actually continue to record more than once a month, uh, we are going to talk about books today and specifically just kind of get back into the pod recording mood and talk about what we're looking forward to, what's coming out, what we want, like in a perfect world, a wish list. All sorts of book shit. We're gonna um, we're gonna talk about books on at the Bookwares Pod, which is not actually our handle. Seems fake. What are you talking what is about? Happening? Oh, sorry. I'm I'm verbally shit posting as okay. always. Okay, it is a Star was... Wars podcast. It's so like yeah, we're we're gonna talk about Star Wars books on the Star Wars book podcast. Like, tell me more. <laughs> Those, I have a bad world out there. Yeah, it's. I tried. Right. I yeah, just, an attempt was made. It is a Monday. It is a Monday. Um. So before we dive in, just another plug to listen to our episodes on season two of The Mandalorian. So that's our previous two episodes, bonus episodes thirty and thirty-one, have come out in the past several weeks. Particularly, bonus episode thirty is the amazing discussion with Justice Dylan Danny. And Tyrone uh, about transphobia in Star Wars and the fandom. Highly recommend that. If you then want to ruin your ears and drive off the road, as 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 we were tweeted at today by at Tom the fanboy, uh, then you can listen to bonus episode thirty one. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. What are we all drinking? So I've got a little whiskey sour tonight. Um, I am using. A local bourbon. Uh, it's Burnside Bourbon. I've definitely had them on the pod before. They've got this, like, Oregon oaked bourbon, which is really good. So. Love it. It's fantastic. Very delicious. 
Is it like overly sweet? I know I, I have controversial bourbon opinions. It's actually not. Um, like, it's usually what I get when I buy bourbon, but they also have this whiskey blend that's really good and I think is smoother than the Oregon Oaked. Sure. It's called the, the West End blend. Um, I wouldn't describe either as sweet, but if I had to say which one is sweeter, I think it would be the West End. So I think this is more of like a, I say typical bourbon, like I know what I'm talking about, but it's, it's, I wouldn't describe it as sweet. Excellent. We all, we all know how I feel about bourbon. Rana, for, for your background, my controversial opinion on bourbon is that I don't like it. I, I like love whiskey, don't like bourbon. Hmm. I guess that checks. I feel like I remember in an earlier pod you saying you don't like sweet things, and I feel like what makes bourbon more like approachable is the fact that it has like a velvety like sweetness to it. I know nothing about this, but this is just my interpretation the... as an alcohol consumer. Who I mean, is... you're you're yeah. dead on. So like, oh, thank you. I mean, I, I've got two things right today. This is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, this is either me knowing nothing or having very fucked up taste buds, but I feel like an Irish whiskey is going to be sweeter. Maybe it's it just smoother. Be. But it like, if I'm going to, you know, if you're going to hand me a bourbon and an Irish whiskey and ask me which one is sweeter, a la Pepsi and Coke, like I'm going to pick the Irish. Interesting. Interesting. Don't at me. <laughs> Maybe I, I'm one day knocking at you when the world is, you know, not burning. You can actually try that with the book wars people and we can do a blind tasting. I'm we sorry. I'm that. overwhelmed. That would be so great. Of seeing people again. Oh, we need to do that. It'll be amazing. Uh, Rana, what are you drinking? Sorry. I'm always off topic. Um, I have an Avery brewing Ellie's Brown. Uh, Love it. Like a good winter option, local beer. Um, it is described as, Loyal, friendly, and mellow, which two of those words, well, one of those words describes my dog, but not mellow or friendly. Uh, and then I also have a polar ruby red grapefruit seltzer because as discussed on the last pod, I am Massachusetts garbage and I love polar seltzer. Respect. Geeks? Yes. Uh, I'm drinking Spindrift grapefruit. That's it sad i'm not drinking until the wedding i already hate it i'm i i respect that choice and doing it may your wedding come quickly (laughs) just i just i don't want my face to look puffy that's it (laughs) no that makes perfect sense (laughs) i don't really care i can't wait for the wedding now especially because then i get to drink again (laughs) That'll be nice. That's the number one reason. No. Fuck fuck the husband. Fuck Quinn. (laughs) Two two seconds of me talking. Um, I just said that to him today. I was like, isn't it supposed to be like, if you're too excited for the wedding, that's a bad sign. You're supposed to want to get the fuck over with so that you can be married. Isn't that what you're supposed to want? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I was like, cool, 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 cool. I'm going to go now. So, just the usual over here. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I have nothing to follow that up. So, I'm <laughs> drinking. Um, I was inspired by my lamenting my lack of whiskey choices last week to finally go to the fucking liquor store this week. 
Um, so that's exciting. Um, I am drinking Teeling Single Pot Still whiskey, uh, which is an Irish whiskey. Uh, and I will I I won't I won't take twenty minutes to talk about what pot still whiskey is because whiskey's fascinating, but not the, not on topic. But it's very good. Teeling is in Dublin, and Kate and I. It's a relatively new distillery that Kate and I actually visited when we went to Dublin years and years ago before the pandemic um and it's delicious it's like got a very like it is it is actually on the sweeter end for an irish whiskey it's got like kind of a very rounded taste to it a little bit of spiciness it's very good i love that for you all right and then before we talk books we also want to plug the organization that we are encouraging y'all to support this week as we mentioned the last couple weeks we are, instead of, as, as kind of like a new segment on the pod, we are picking a, a great organization for every kind of like set of episodes that we do and encouraging people to support them if you have the means, uh, you know, and obviously if you want to support us too, that's wonderful, but these organizations do things that have value to society. Um, and this week, uh, we were, it, blah, blah, blah. the organization this week was picked by Rana in her inaugural choice for this and we're encouraging people to support advanced native political leadership at advancednativepl.org um rana do you want to say anything you know about them or not that's also fine yeah sure i'd love to um so i just chose this organization because um, i think there's been a lot of dialogue lately about politics and access to you know being involved in politics and I saw a couple of folks who are really active, I think, in the Native political world. Uh, I'm not in that world, but I have Twitter. And uh, and so I've seen a couple of folks who I definitely like think are legit talking about um, this organization. They're a pretty new group, and uh, essentially they work to remove barriers to um, having Natives in political office. So I don't know the exact statistic, but uh, it is probably unsurprising to most listeners to know that natives are, you know, very underrepresented in the political world. Um, and so this group not only aims to remove those barriers, but then also uh, fundraises and acts to uh, support native politicians and to further involve native folks in all level of politics. Amazing. Yes. So it's a wonderful organization. Support it if you can. And Rana, thank you so much for bringing it to all of our listeners attention. No problem. Always happy to yell. Yes. It's funny because I couldn't tell if Kristen was still there because she turned her video off for a second. It's and she's so, eating a sandwich for the record. No, it's completely like completely I'm fine. Eating a but, sandwich, but like just out of nowhere, the fucking weird Yoda groan. I don't like it. Don't like I have it. Been, um, because I'm rereading Alphabet Squadron. I went back and listened to the first Alphabet Squadron pod once I had read those chapters. Oh, and boy. can I say it was the first time that you had the uh, sound effects? Oh, it God. was so chaotic, and I was just here for it. Like that is my energy. No, I was like, no. these are good people. That was not the first time we had the. She yeah, the and it, she was like, or maybe maybe it was new software. Probably new software. I think that's maybe when we started using this platform, but... It's probably the first time we had not just the air horn. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, because there were all these notes about, like, why are you listening to this? Why'd you put the pod recent comment? What is this? What is that? I love it. Yeah. I'm here for it. Anyways, I'm off topic, as always, and we're five minutes in. No. Twelve minutes in. Sorry. That's on topic. It's about the prequel to the next book. It's not a prequel. Honestly, it's it's about the pod, which is better than we usually get, so... (laughs) All right, so let's talk books. Um, so 
the big thing for I know Kristen is not on Star Wars Twitter at all. Miranda is marginally on Star Wars Twitter, but sometimes sees me yell. Um, the big thing in Star Wars books right now is the High Republic Initiative. Um, for any of our listeners who don't know, it is uh, a collaboration between primarily five authors. Uh, Charles Soule, Daniel Jose Older, Kevin Scott, Claudia Gray, and Justina Ireland. Um, and... Uh, tackling the period, I want to say it's 200 years before Phantom Menace-ish. That sounds about right. Yeah. And so, yeah, let's let's start there. Um, I have read the first few books um, that started coming out in January, and I'm obsessed. Um, it's I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, I'm, I'm a Charles Soule fanatic from I'm a big fan of his comics, and this is his first novel that i've read and it's very very good um i will clarify i'm not on star wars twitter and i think most of the feedback i've seen about the high republic has come from like just kind of other writers in general mm-hmm. um but first of all one obviously first of all because that's the same um <laughs> everything i have seen makes the high republic sound incredible and i i have not read any of the books i haven't read any of the comics i vaguely know that there's like some kind of galactic debacle which may or may not be related to hyperspace lanes um but i i cannot express how much i want to read these the the feedback I've seen, especially on Twitter, has specifically been about the comics, which we don't cover on the podcast, but, like, it almost makes me want to read comics. I know. I will say, so there's there's the, the, the ongoing Marvel series, which is just called The High Republic, um, and we don't read we continue to not read marvel comic books because marvel is run by racists but there is also uh an idw line and idw is the line that generally does the more child focused um star wars comics and so there's the high republic adventures comic and that's the one that's written by dana jose older and i'm sure every everyone's terrible under capitalism so i'm sure idw is terrible as well but I don't specifically know of any terrible things that they've done, so we <laughs> will hopefully be reading the IDW comics for the pod. And we we do love Daniel Jose Older. We do we do love Daniel Jose Older. Which we can also apply to the rest of the authors involved in this. It's a good collection. It's, it's really group. good. Like it was like Claudia Gray, like you had me right there, obviously. Do and we and do we know, um, and this is probably just me not following Star Wars news, um, has anything from her come out yet? Like, mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, they have okay. one of, like, so one thing that I think is really exciting about this is that it, like, like Chris mentioned, it branches to a bunch of different um, audiences. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe this is just because I was, like, a young adolescent girl, but I feel like um, young adult novels are so often targeted 
towards like a young adult uh, or towards like young girls, which is fine. But I like that there are Star Wars novels that are intentionally young adult. And I hope that that's like making, I don't know if it maybe I'm reading way too far into this, but I hope that that means that maybe some like adolescent girls will feel more welcome in the world of Star Wars. If it's like that main targeting and advertising and all of that, that we see like specifically with the Star Wars book, I would have freaked out as a 13 year old or whatever genre that is. So I don't know. I think it's exciting. And that was one of the first ones that was released. I don't particularly plan on reading it, but I'll probably buy it for my like cousins and people for Christmas. And then I'll say, we don't care about star Wars. But you know what? <laughs> Maybe you will. If you read this young adult novel, sorry, I'm excited. No, yeah. that's, that's great. I mean, we read young adult on this podcast. And if you've been a long time listener, Claudia Gray destroys all of us. She's great. It's, oh man, nobody captures Leia. That's a different conversation, not related to the High Republic, but as little as I know about this, I'm so excited for yeah. just the High Republic series, project, whatever, in general. Yeah, it's... It's going to be amazing. I have read it's uh, Into the Dark by Claudia Gray came out in February. Um, I've read it. It was, I think, probably the least sad I've ever felt after reading a Claudia Gray book. So that's that's good. That's new. Um, and and to to listeners who don't know, I say that with like the most praise because she's absolutely incredible, but just rips your heart right out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the real question there is how sad were you? Because all of her other books just leave us surprisingly like positive note. It's we'll talk we'll talk we'll, when we read it we'll talk about it. It's my favorite part of Claudia Gray books is how she um will generally like fan cast her own characters. And so like and I haven't seen any of her fan casts for Into the Dark, but like seeing her like though she describes her characters in such a vivid way that it's like I definitely feel like one of the carriers is fan oh, ca- carriers characters the fan cast is Keanu Reeves because he's just got massive Keanu vibes and he's amazing. And I like, can't wait to get more of him. I'll I'll leave it. I'll leave it there. Love that. And this is not quite a turn, but like related to that. um, The one thing I've noticed and this information is probably old from when they kind of announced what project luminous was actually going to be, but it really seems like they're, um, leaning into the non-human characters as some of the leads like if you look at the the album art like it's they're actually non-humans on the covers like i think one's got like a twilight master um that's the only cover i can remember at this time but i know there were others yeah which i think is very exciting for star wars because in a Big twisty. Um, the galaxy far, far away is not full of cishet white people. Shocking. Big if true, but yeah, no, it's 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 exciting, and we'll figure out when we're reading those. But like, I'm also just like I'm thrilled to be in a time that we know nothing about. Like, what I felt leading up to it, and now how I feel after the first couple books is, it just feels so much freer to not have to work Easter eggs in and like, and all these authors are very good and they worked Easter eggs in beautifully in all the different books they wrote, but it just, 
they have so much more creative freedom, it feels like. And it, like, feels like there's just, you know, you don't have to, you know, if you bring in a new character, you don't need to come up in your head with why they don't exist by A New Hope or, like, all of that stuff. Like, the the villains in Into the Dark, which this isn't much of a spoiler because she's talked about it in, like, press leading up to the book, are, like, sentient plant monsters. Ooh. And it's, like, and it's fucking glorious. And, like, there you can just do weird shit like that that we don't know about and it's it's i'm really enjoying that aspect of it so far yeah i think that having characters main characters in um in these books in this overall project that you don't have to tie to the movies somehow is personally all i've ever wanted from star wars like I want, I'm I'm very much a person who is into the world building of a franchise over you know what we have as canon. So I think this, I mean, obviously this is canon. That's how the whole Disney um, acquisition of Lucasfilm works. But there are no boundaries that we're living by, you know. Yeah. I mean, space is infinite, right? So let's embrace that. I think that's part of what's exciting is it's always a little bit ironic. I mean, we all love the Easter eggs, but it is nice to see space and time like being this endless scope where things can happen at any point instead of just how they tie directly back into our, you know, main three trilogies or trilogy of trilogies. Absolutely. And I'm going to take that segue that you just fucking teed up for me, Rana, because the galaxy is infinite and another aspect of the galaxy that we are exploring for the first time in canon is the unknown regions and specifically the chiss ascendancy uh there is a second thrawn trilogy in progress the first book uh chaos rising has come out the second one which i want to say is called greater good uh is coming out at the end of april um and this is, I know, and and Kristen, feel free to weigh in here because obviously you are, you are our, our resident Thrawn correspondent. I already turned myself back up because I just wanted to say how excited I was about this. <laughs> She's a blue favorite. boy expert. I am a resident blue boy expert. Um, no, I'm looking at my Thrawn Funko right now. He's staring into my soul, talking about how I shouldn't have another sandwich, but I'm going to have one. Um, anyway, I'm very excited. That's all I had to add. I mean, that's that's classic Thrawn experience of him telling somebody not to do something and they do it anyway, so. Uh, But yeah, and it's... This is kind of a young Thrawn situation, I think. So it's like Thrawn growing up, becoming the kind of, like, weird Sherlock Holmesian weirdo that he ends up. And, spoiler... And again, because I'm me and I just read the books when they come out because I have no life. But, like, I... Spoiler alert... Everybody still hates Thrawn. That's like that's the story of Thrawn's life. <laughs> I was about to say Freddy Thrawn, but um, n- no. Speaking from kind of experience, I'm I will never be as smart as Thrawn is. But like some of us have always kind of been nerds. I'm pretty sure that he has lived the exact life we imagine him to have lived, and that everybody was always like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Ron, art history is not important. This is a war. Indeed. 
And so that obviously is like a whole new kind of time era, certainly for the characters that we're looking at, but also just geographical era in that we know nothing about the Unknown Regions except that Thrawn is from there, basically. That's pretty much all we know across everything. That's why they call them the Unknown Regions. After this series, they'll be the Partially Known Regions. (laughs) I'm so sorry you can cut that. It's very snappy. It's a very snappy name. (laughs) You know who named that system? Bando. Yeah. Um, Din Djarin? (laughs) Yes. You're so right. You're so right. Oh, God, now I'm just mad about the Razor Crest again. I'm um, sorry. I'm don't... sorry. I brought us <laughs> no, back. I tried to be, be a little witty callback, and it didn't work out in my favor. Oh, no, it worked out great. We're just, we're just trying to silence Chris for his knowing too much isms. That's not a thing, but however you classify that. I was with you on As... silence Chris, but then I don't know where you went with it. I was trying to make you knowing too much about Star Wars into... A noun? Mm, sure. And it super did not work. So, there you go. Yeah. Names that end in S don't easily lend themselves to, like, nounification. No. Not at all. It's tough. I feel that. But, back to our resident actual blue boy. <laughs> I'm really excited for this. Like... The Thrawn, I, I haven't read anything of, of Legends, so I cannot speak to what Timothy Zahn wrote in the 90s or whenever. But the, the current canon Thrawn trilogy is one of my favorite parts of the the universe that we see in the books. Um, I mean... We all know here that personally, I've got a man on the inside. I will never stop loving Eli Vantos. So, like, what I really want out of this is to see, like, who the Eli Vantos of his youth was. But, you know, the the Thrawn that we see in the original Thrawn trilogy in Rebels is... Very, uh, I just had the word. He's very Thrawn. He's very, um, God, what is the word I'm looking for? He's already kind of that expert, right? He can Mm -hmm. already think and strategize circles, circles around literally anybody in the galaxy. And most likely the unknown regions from what we see in um, the third book of that trilogy, which I I don't recall the name, but I want to see him getting to that point. And I assume he does kind of have that same situation the whole time, but I want to see young Thrawn or younger Thrawn, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I also, and I feel like I'm talking a lot about Thrawn, so I'll shut up after this. But I also like, I I I only recently read the the original original Thrawn trilogy, the Legends one, that that started it all, um, like past couple of years or so, and it 
is I I found it fine. Um, yeah, I know uh, people have a lot of nostalgia for it, and so I don't like to shit on it. It wasn't really my. It was very ninety sci fi, and so not having nostalgia for that for those books didn't really do it for me. Um, yeah. but I I like you. I love Thrawn as a character. I think that he is kind of unlike anyone that we've really seen in Star Wars, except in a way Palpatine, because they're they just both like they're always ten steps ahead, which is yeah. why it's. So interesting to see them working together in in the the, the Canon Thrawn trilogy now. Yeah, but Palpatine um, sucks. That's that's correct. <laughs> Palpatine. That is a key difference. Also, not blue. A very important characteristic for us to all take note of. Mm-hmm, it's true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it is a lot of. It's 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 a lot of fun to see young Thrawn in in a way we've never seen him before. <laughs> But awesome. we don't need that as a Disney Plus show. I'm good with this just staying. Like, maybe we could have a Thrawn show, but not not seeing Thrawn in a new light. No, we don't need a WandaVision comedy with Thrawn. I'm okay. Ooh, I've only seen the first two episodes of WandaVision, but I feel like I want to say it was specifically the first book. If we're going to talk about, like, turning books into shows, it was... And I, I do think this um, is kind of a good summary of the trilogy as a whole, but it's very episodic. WandaVision? Thrawn. Oh, Thrawn. Okay, sorry. And this, I, again, I this, lost the thread there for a second. <laughs> oh, no, I did too. It's fine. Um, the, like, the first book of Thrawn, I would maybe watch a show about that. Like, I do think that I got everything out of the book, but I agree with Rana is the moral of this TED Talk. Yeah, I I think, I mean, after, <clears throat> excuse me, after, obviously, we got the Thrawn name drop in season two of Mando, so live action Thrawn is coming, whether, yeah. whether, whether we want him or not, but it will be interesting to see what direction they take it and who, and also who they cast, because I'm, I, I have thoughts what? about who would be good or bad. I'm just hoping for not having a live action Thrawn. I think live, it's gonna live your dreams, no matter what. <laughs> live your dreams. I yeah, I I support you having dreams. Um let's talk about another character who has big dreams. And that is sorry, I was distracted by Miranda just like going like full on like Olympic podium pose. Um this is obviously Padme Amidala, who we love. We love Padme in this family. Uh, yes. on this podcast and so we've already read on the pod queen's shadow which was the first written second chrono- chronologically book in what has now been announced as a padme trilogy we just i want to say last week mm-hmm. um heard yeah it was recent that that ek johnston uh who we love is getting a third padme book um Burb, I feel like you need to lead the discussion on this one. Yeah, so my comment was, is this E.K. Johnson getting the third book? Because I thought we already knew that. I think I was projecting a while ago. Um, as soon as they announced the sequel, I was like, ah, yes, this is Star Wars. This is a trilogy. Um, I, I don't know if I've looked at the actual summary of what the third book is supposed to be. 
and I, I will caveat that I have not read the second book, but I feel like in a way, you know, E.K. Johnston is to Padme what Claudia Gray is to Leia, um, you know, even even the one book and getting that insight on Padme, on her handmaidens, it was fucking incredible. And, like, I am biased for reasons that I think we all know. Um, but holy shit. I mean, and this is, this goes back to a point we talked about earlier. This is YA. Like, these are young adult books. And I think that's great. I don't really have a point about that. Um, I'm just very excited is what I'm screaming into the void. Did we get a timeline? Can anyone refresh me? Did we get a timeline on when that's expected? I want to say it's late in the year. Um, oh, so it's want... this year, though. Mm-hmm. It is this year. I want to say it's like November-ish. Um, Good. Well, there's so much content coming out this spring and summer that that means I'll so actually much, have yeah. time to like get through everything new <laughs> before we get to that. Exactly. Yeah. I'm very excited to read her take on Anakin uh, because, obviously, Anakin is my favorite trash raccoon in all of Star Wars. Um, and... Uh, and we know that the book we found we know from the announcement is going to take place during the Clone Wars and handle kind of both her time in the Senate and her marriage to Anakin and keeping that secret. And that's a take that we haven't really seen before, obviously, um, because men have done the Star Wars <laughs> movies. Um, but I'm I'm very excited to see it from Padme's perspective. Yeah, I hope that like there'll be a good amount of now. I should preface this by saying this might be super boring to some people, but I hope there's a good amount of like politics too of, of, you know, I think what EK Johnson does really well. Um, at least I didn't read all of uh, Queen shadow, but for the part that I did, um, I think she has a good hand on like politics and political workings. And I think reading the brain of a political person or being in that mindset is fantastic. Um, and so I'm really excited to sort of be in, wow, Kristen's making a lot of faces right now and that's fine. I am who I am and I will own that, but I'm really excited to see that angle of it as well. Like, I think it'll be good to get back in that sort of mindset and get to see that, uh, perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think too, like, obviously, as I, I said before, she has just such a handle on Padme and on her character, like, Personally, when I watch the prequel trilogy, and this might just be me being a big Padme fan, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Why does she marry this garbage man? Well, to be fair, we all see that in real life as well. But yeah, yes. garbage ass man, not garbage man, just to be clear. Um, like, Anakin's the the worst. Like, he's very emotional. There's a whole thing... An Attack of the Clones, where there's a plot point that he makes her uncomfortable, but we just kind of push past that because that movie came out in 2002. Um, but I'm very interested in kind of getting that inside look into her psyche. Like, what does she see in him other than he big and strong? Um, Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> and... 
yeah, you're not being boring. This is the exact podcast to come to for, like, let's see the politics. You know, I want to see Padme on a a day-to-day basis being the fucking senator from Naboo. Yeah, that's what I like about Padme. I don't care. I mean, I get that in order to have the original trilogy, we have to see this other end of her. And and smart women also deserve, like, romance and exciting storylines and all sorts of things. But also, like you said, what what does Anakin do? Like, he talks about sand and he <laughs> feeds people with the Force in an awkward way. Like, I don't, I don't know. So, it, yeah. Has your never has fuck has your lover never floated a chunk of a pear to you and like missed your fork? Please no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like when people try to feed you like if your hands are in use and someone like tries to like yeah no I, you could throw it from across the room you know what that, I mean like I don't I don't want yeah. uh-uh. it's too intimate I don't that's, that's some... for babies babies no no disrespect to people listening who enjoy that that is your thing that's, that's some not hetero- my business <laughs> that's some hetero bullshit <laughs> no disrespect I took, off, I took I took myself off mute so I could make a PDB presidential daily briefing padme daily briefing jo- I, it doesn't matter <laughs> it's past now but i just i needed to plug that i appreciate it horrible still. joke thank you no that's good but yeah no like what we know you y'all are totally right padme is like from what we know about her from the movies she is she's that like extremely on it extremely attractive like super smart girl from your high school who like goes to college being like we're gonna do long distance with my emotionally unstable jock boyfriend like that is that is what we know about padme and i'm very excited to 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 go deeper she never breaks up with a jock boyfriend at thanksgiving it's a real tragedy yeah that's the problem another happy landing (laughs) amazing oh boy kirsten you're killing it today (laughs) i just like I, I I would be terrified to see what's in there, but I like I want to like know in Kristen's brain how she anticipates the drops so well. <laughs> anyway, so the last thing that we know is coming. You know. Yeah, <laughs> the last thing that we know is coming, and we know we know that it exists, and that is literally all we know is that there's a Mandalorian book coming later this year. What do y'all want to see from that in a perfect world? better nomenclature (laughs) i'm sorry i'm not a broken record i've only said that twice today because it's the first thing that pops in my mind but um that's my first take i'll let someone else talk yeah i think i found out last week when we recorded that there was gonna be a mando book um i don't know and i think this kind of is what you said last week chris is like what I want to see from it depends on the setting of the book. Like, is this before the show? Is this after um, Baby Yoda gets yoinked by Luke? Um, like, I, I definitely want to see what growing up in the space cult is for him. But I would also love to see like him trying to unpack that. Yeah. So I'm I'm pretty wide open as to what I want. I have like no expectations at this point. 
which is really nice. Yeah. I I expect it to be a young man like I like Mando in his 20s book. Like I just feel like that's very the Star Wars formula um for characters that we don't know anything about their past. Um I kind of hope it's not. Or if it is that like like you said Miranda that it's just like goes heavy on the cult shit. Cuz that that would be more like I would so much more rather a book from, like, the Armorer's perspective, for example. Yes. And so, you know, I don't know if we'll get that, but that would be more interesting to me. That's going to be a no. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, I I think there's certainly a lot in that universe, and we can kind of, you know, like, transition here into what do we want to see that obviously, you know, that hasn't been announced that we don't know is coming. But, like... You know, there's so much happening in the the Favreau Filoni uh, collaboration universe. You don't want uh, to make someone drive off the road again? You no, I'm dare. good. Don't you dare. There's <laughs> uh, there's there's the like obviously we now know that there's going to be four shows all happening in that timeline, including Mandalorian, and so there's so much room to know about what's going on in between the episodes, so to speak. Um, and I think that there's, you know, I would love to see some stuff about Grief Karga kind of adjusting to legitimacy. I would love to see, uh, uh, I, I would love to see a book about how Cara Dune is actually trans. Uh, I would love to see, like, I want, you know, I want all of these things of, of these great characters that we've been introduced to. Um, and it's funny because, like, again, and no, no, no disrespect to Pedro Pascal or Mando, but like. I feel like Mando's like the only character who I don't really care about his past. <laughs> yeah, he Mando is there to kind of shuttle shuffle, shuttle the story along by yeah. walking through the desert. Like the real story here is on some level in Ma- in The Mandalorian um what has happened to this the child um, and it's a look at, like, what happens when there's a baby out there who's Force-sensitive. And it's touched on in a lot of um, our shows. I remember, I think it was Rebels, there was an arc at some point about the Inquisitors, um, like, searching, da- searching down, um, going for, like, the, the Force-sensitive babies out there. Um, but Mando, he's fine. Maybe it's because he was in said cult. But his personality as we know it is noun verb, you know? There, There's no real depth that we've gotten. So if, if we are going to see a book about Mando, that's what I want to see. I want like yeah. some kind of inside the brain hole stuff yeah yeah i think it's easier for me to say what i don't want and what i don't want is for it to just be like all tie-ins to a sentence here in the show in season one episode three of blah 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 like that stuff is fine as a sentence you know scattered here and there but i I really want it to be like something interesting preferably great development Uh, i know this is star wars what am i talking about but the books the books have development um, and so I just feel like I don't want it to be too much of like, here's some filler time of how we got this storyline. And I want it to sort of be its own 
um, sort of interesting building point instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, are are we slash can we transition this into what else we want to see generally? Do it. Because that's that's kind of the thing. Like, my point on the outline is something fucking new, but in reality, it's basically like why I'm excited for the High Republic. Um, we have, and this is not a bad thing. Like, we have so much in the current canon that lines up with the timeline that we're used to from the movies. You know, we've got all this filler stuff in the Clone Wars. Uh, we've got, you know, like Mando for existence. The Mandalorian is between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy. But it's all vaguely connected to characters and events that we know. And like society kind of knows. Um, that is not a bad thing, which I feel like that might come across as that. But I want to see something like let's go to the past you know we've got the high republic let's go back another 200 years let's go forward 200 years from the sequel trilogy you know what does the galaxy look like when the jedi are kind of in their prime and maybe this is going to be resolved by me diving into the high republic which i probably won't do until um you know we actually read that because that's kind of how I read the books. But it's something I'm looking forward to and hoping to learn about. Yeah, I very much to exactly what you were talking about, Miranda, of all the shows that have been announced. Um, the one I am far and away most excited for is The, is, uh, the Acolyte, which is about a dark side user at the tail end of the High Republic. Um, and that is the one that we know is being showrun by uh, Leslie Headland, who did Russian Doll. She's a queer woman. Um, and she has said that the protagonist is going to be uh, a woman and it's going to be like kind of martial arts heavy-ish, the show. Um, so that is easily the show I'm most excited for. I just blew Miranda's fucking mind. I didn't, I didn't know that that was a thing. I didn't. Again, I I don't want to say this too loud on this Star Wars podcast, but I don't super pay attention to, like, everything that Lucasfilm releases. Um, but we love a main character who is a woman. We love Russian Doll. Knowing this, I imagine it's it's not going to be anything like Russian Doll because it's still Star Wars. This is still a franchise for children, but oh, that's great news! You did blow my mind. Thank you. It was great. Like every like new like clause that came out of my mouth, Miranda's <laughs> like eyes got a little wider. <laughs> I'm a very simple woman. Okay, making her way through the galaxy. <laughs> Gay women doing martial arts in Star Wars is really Miranda's ideal date. Who says no? That should be everybody's <laughs> ideal date. It's true. Uh, um, everything's under control. Situation normal. What else? What else do y'all want to see, either in books or shows, at this point? 
Give it all. I mean, I feel like I've touched on this recently. But I also feel like I've thought about touching on this recently. So, like, who's to say if I've actually said it? I had a conversation a few years ago with a former boss. And, like, Star Wars is the kind of literary media universe that can go anywhere um you know again most of what we have somehow ties into the clone wars you know the the rebel alliance and kylo ren is shitty um i i want to see something something different so I think the example in my head is, like, Lost Stars. Again, shout out to Claudia Gray. Um, really wrecked some of us. But it's it's not the story necessarily about the Empire versus the Republic. It's about... It's a love story. But, you know, between these two kids who grow up and drift apart and come together and it's very tragic but i want to see star wars play with genre i think is the point that i'm getting at like in this exact conversation and i don't know if this is you know necessarily what i want to say that i want but and we were talking about films at the time you can do a rom-com you can do a mystery you can do whatever like, give me a fucking thriller about Star Wars. I don't think this will happen. But a girl can dream. It's a trap! I'm totally with you. Uh, I I think that having so many shows on Disney Plus at one time makes it possible and frankly boring if we don't expand it. Well, see, my thing is, um, I think the books are the way to explore this. Mm-hmm. That too, but... You know, it, it, I mean, obviously in general, books allow for a lot more nuance in storytelling that, you know, we can't necessarily sell whatever as a movie, right? Like, we're not going to get a... God, I can only think of bad examples. We're not going to get a Gone Girl Star Wars movie, right? But but we can have some kind of whodunit as a book. And for this, we can involve characters that we know. We can involve characters that we're about to get to know in the books. Like, there, there's so many opportunities. There's so much flexibility in the written canon to branch out from the, you know, Jedi are good. Epmeyer is bad. The Sith, the dark side, you know, capital D, capital S, dark side are bad. That was a really long way around just saying you wanted more gay shit. <clears throat> okay, I actually didn't have that in like in mind but also yes i want to see more gay shit (laughs) that's just a full 
just a constant statement for me. Let's make it gay. And make it in space. Just just so you know, Miranda, um, Padme Trilogy, book two, um, Queen's shit. What is it called? Queen's Peril. shit. I don't remember that one. Is it Peril? Peril. Queen's Peril. Thank you. Uh, lots of gay shit. Is that the sachet? Shit, what were their names? Yane, Yane and Sachet. Yeah, the two gay ones. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you'll, you'll, <sighs> you'll, you'll like it. You'll like it. Soft baby gays, too. You love to see it. All right, perfect. Well, there's never a better place to end a book wars pod than soft baby gays. You do, in fact, <laughs> love to see it. Uh, thank you all for listening to this episode of the book wars pod. Uh, our next episode for real, it's happening. Uh, we're going to start Shadowfall by Alexander Freed reading through chapter six. Uh, in the meantime, continue staying the fuck inside until and unless you get vaccinated. And then find us on Twitter and Instagram at Book Wars Pod. Email us, bookwarspod at gmail.com, or find us on the Tasha Station Radio Patreon. Uh, if you have the means, first, do not forget to donate to Advanced Native Political Leadership at advancednativepl.org. Uh, and then, if you want to support us, that's far less important, but you can either join the Tasha Station Radio Patreon, or you can give us coffee at ko-fi.com slash bookwarspod. Uh, and... <laughs> I... Rana just importantly reminded me that we skipped over a very important part of the outline, That's which okay. maybe we'll do. We we'll do this as an end tag. We'll do it as an end tag. It'll be perfect. <laughs> it's um, also maybe not correct. So who's to say? I mean, it's not correct. It's definitely <laughs> not, it but up. that's okay. Um, anyway, give us coffee to get pictures of Argos, Cerberus, Jasper, Orca, and Tony in your Instagram feeds. Our theme song is oh, Argos. He's such a good boy. Our theme song is Whizbang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joe Butera Design. And our audio and production is done by our very own Kristen Cerisi. Thank you so much for joining us. For Rana, Miranda, Kristen, and Kate, I am Chris. Thank you for listening to this bonus episode of The Pod. And we'll talk to you next week. There was definitely a trending topic on Twitter today. And I, I was looking for like a different topic that I saw like Ayanna Presley tweet about. And I was like, what's happening here? And then my For You always has a Star Wars element. And it was like, Satine's voice actor, who is... Anna Graves, I want to say. I know too many things. I looked it up when I heard this. Yeah, I think it is Anna Graves. Something Graves. Yeah, Anna Graves. If if we're going to be real about this, if we're keeping it 100, I think that the source that I saw fucked up. Satine's voice actor with Sabine's voice actor. And I was like, this... Very possible. Because I thought it was like, oh, live action Sabine, let's go. And then I was like, wait a minute. We're talking about Mandal... It's it's always Mandalore. It's both Mandalore. I don't think it's going to happen, but Ovi... Obi and Satine definitely fucked. No disintegration. I don't know if that was a part of it. But the casting news I saw about the Obi-Wan show was that Indira Varma was cast. And a lot I'm of people so were, excited. Yeah, I think it's going to be fucking amazing. I think that's um, the name that I saw. And everyone was yeah, like, so she wasn't the voice actress for her. Um, but people were saying that they thought that she might be um, Ventress. Oh, yeah, that's, that's better. Great that's casting. Better. It would be great casting. Because, I don't know, I love Indira Varma. I think she's going to be good in anything, but... 
um, I think she'd be fucking fantastic as Ventress. So yeah, I care about Ventress. Honestly, more it could than just it could just be Satine. six hours of Indira Varma like sitting at a campfire toasting like a fucking bantha steak, and it, she'd still be amazing in it. So yeah, I'd be cool with it. I'd watch, I'd watch that it. For, yeah, <laughs> I'd a hundred percent watch that. Amazing.